Well, hello everybody and welcome back. This is our daily devotional for October the 23rd, 2023. And I am so happy to be with you all. I hope that everybody had a very pleasant weekend. We certainly did at Old Providence. A lot of things, a lot of things going on. Everything from congregational meetings to elect elders and to choose trim color to a wonderful time of fellowship after the uh, women's ministries prepared a potato bar, wonderful fundraiser. So that went great um, to a certain extent, to a certain extent. I had the day off, at least from preaching responsibilities with Kyle Sim being here, such a good friend. He did a fantastic job. His daughter Elizabeth offered special music. It was just a really, really special day for us. And I hope that you had a special weekend as well. I'm excited to be back with you as we make our way through the book of Acts. If you recall the last time, I was just positively giddy about the fact that we were in Acts chapter 15, and we were gathered in Acts chapter 15 at the Council of Jerusalem for the first Presbytery meeting. Maybe you remember the circumstances. Um, if you were to rewind back to Acts 15.1, you would see that some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers Unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Then they would go on to say that Gentiles had to follow the laws of Moses, not the moral law, but instead the ceremonial law, circumcision, feasts, dietary restrictions, all of these different things. Obviously, Paul and Barnabas, who had gone to the Gentiles, um, we've read some of what they said, and there was none of that in what they preached, right? They preached Jesus. Believe on the name of Jesus and be saved. And so, as it says in Acts 15, they fell into sharp dispute. And what were they going to do? What we're facing in Acts chapter 15 as we come back together is one of the first major problems of the early church. It's certainly the first major controversy of the early church. It's the question of who's invited. Christianity began in Judea with the Jews converting to Christianity, but now that it's spread to the Gentiles, what is to be required of them? It's a big question, y'all, right? I mean, it's major turning points to see that the gospel goes out to the Gentiles in the first place. But now they've got to figure out what to do with these Gentiles. So what would they do? Would one guy make a proclamation about it? No, no. Remember the paradigm that's set forth in Acts chapter 14. You find out that Paul and Barnabas are going around helping to the churches to elect the presbyteroi, helping the church to elect elders. And so the presbyteroi gather for the first meeting of the presbyteroi. That's why we're called Presbyterians, right? At least in our neck of the woods, at least at Old Providence. We had our Presbytery meeting this past Saturday, as a matter of fact. And that was elders from the churches coming together to make decisions for the whole of the church. That's the paradigm we find in Acts chapter 15. And yes, I know, I get too excited about these things. But I'm happy to be a Presbyterian. And I'm also so pleased that the Lord didn't just leave us to figure things out. If the Lord left us to figure things out, we'd come up with another form of church government. You know, there's really only three kinds of churches, right? There's the Episcopal kind of church, which is one person in charge. That comes from Episcopoi, right? Bishop, where one guy is in charge of a large geographical area. The Roman Catholic Church is an Episcopal system as well. They have one pope. They have the College of Cardinals, that sort of thing. Then the other system is called Congregation. And that's where each individual church is, well, it's independent, and then congregations, by a show of hands, decide what they're going to do. 
Now, the American in us might like that very much, but is that strictly American? No, because we don't have a democracy. We have a republic. Now, a republic is set up very much the way that it is based on the Presbyterian Church, because y'all, at the time of the American Revolution, 80% of colonels in the Continental Army were Presbyterian elders. And so when they put together the United States government, they chose a representative-style government patterned after Presbyterian church government, largely, where churches elect elders to represent them, to rule over them, to make decisions on behalf of the church, and then to go represent the church with the whole. That's what we're seeing in Acts chapter 15, y'all. And this is not an assault on other styles of church government or anything like that. That's just the way that God set it up. Nevertheless, we've talked about that. What are they going to do about this problem? Getting back on track with Acts, how would they handle this thing? Who wins? Who picks? Well, that's what we see today. Let's pray and then we'll dig in. Our God and our Father, please be with us right now as we continue to take part, as we continue to to study and learn about the ever going or, or the ongoing story of the acts of the apostles, the acts of the early church. As we see your church being set up, please give us wisdom. Let us glean from this what we ought to about how you have set things up, about what's important to you and what ought to be important to us. So please guide us in this time and we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Now, back to what's really going on here. The main decision is what do you have to do to be a Christian ultimately? Do Gentiles have to be Jews first in order to be Christians? Admittedly. Okay, admittedly. We don't face this same paradigm today. We need not get to that spot of saying, well, this doesn't have anything to do with me. What does this have to do with today? Y'all, while you may not face that problem of people saying in order to be a Gentile first, you've got to be a Jew, you are in a world full of, of people that are trying to add things to the gospel, okay? You're in a world full of people that say that salvation is Jesus plus fill in the blank equals salvation. And y'all, that's a lie, period. End of story. It is never Jesus plus plus fill in the blank equals salvation. We are saved by grace through faith, period, the end. Anything that you would add to the gospel, y'all, you know, the, the ever going debate, what's worse, adding to the Bible or taking away from the Bible? Well, the answer is yes, because it's really the same. There's there's no difference between one who would add to God's word and one who would take away from God's word. The end result is the same thing, right? That's what they're dealing with here. Now, what would they do? Where we left off the last time we were together was in verse 6 of Acts chapter 15, where it says, the apostles and the elders met to consider the question. First Presbytery meetings. Verse seven, after much discussion, and, 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 and pausing right there, we're picking up in verse seven. We're finding out the paradigm of this. It says, after much discussion, the elders and the apostles are gathered there and they're considering this question. We do not know what discussion was had. All we know from verse seven is there was much. If you've ever been to a Presbytery meeting, you could understand why this might be. Um, this past Saturday, we had a Presbytery meeting And there were several times where we discussed things much. And I can assure you, 
They were not nearly as important as what is going on in Acts chapter 15. Nevertheless, right? Nevertheless, that's what we find. They're, they're having much discussion. Where we pick up verse seven, after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Remember that, by faith. Verse 10, now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? No. We believe it is through grace, through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. Now, pausing for a second, there's a couple of things. First, let me comment on Peter getting up to speak. Y'all, there is a misconception involving Peter, okay? And that misconception goes all the way back to when Jesus called him Cephas, which means rock, right? And said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. There are those, especially in the Roman Catholic persuasion, that believe that Peter was the first pope. This is one example of why that is not true, okay? Another example is, is that you got Paul that's gonna end up correcting Peter over some ways that Peter gets sideways, surprise, surprise, over this same issue. Peter right here at the start though, he is solid, y'all. He is rock solid. Do you get what he said? Not acting as the Pope, just simply acting as one who is part of that Presbytery meeting, that, that, that gathering of the elders. He gets up and he makes a point, right? And the point is very important here, especially given some of the trends that are happening in Christianity today. Um, the point that he makes is, and I'm paraphrasing what we just read, he said, guys, wait a second, time out. Look, you know, I told you about what happened at court with Cornelius. And remember, if we were to rewind, we would see how Peter went back to Judea. He told them about the things that had happened at Cornelius's household that we read about previously. He would say to him, listen, y'all know what happened. I've told you what happened, that the Lord gave me this vision and said, hey, don't call anything unclean that I've called clean. That was about food. It was also about fellow believers, about fellow human beings created in God's image like the Gentiles. So Peter said, listen, you know what the Lord told me to do, to go and carry the message of Jesus Christ to Gentiles. And also, you know what happened. And what happened was they received the Holy Spirit. God gave them the Holy Spirit, just like he gave us the Holy Spirit. And he gave it to them, not because they had worked their way toward it, not because they had received the sign of circumcision, not because they followed the dietary laws or the feast laws, Peter says, in fact, God gave them the Holy Spirit the same way that he gave us the Holy Spirit by faith. That nobody works their way into God's favor. Instead, by faith, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit just like we did. And he said, listen, God who judges the heart makes no distinction. Why are we? Good question, isn't it? Peter said, if, if, if they're good enough for God, then <laughs> who are we to say that we have to put this on them? But another point that he makes is this. He asked them this question here, 
right? And it's a very important question. Verse 10, now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? You know, it's not only adding to the gospel. In particular, it's the subject of in order for them, for the Gentiles to become Christians, they've got to be Jews first. Peter says something important about Judaism there. He doesn't trash it. No, no. He just reveals the true nature of it. That Judaism, all the ceremonial laws, all that stuff, the dietary laws, the, 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 the feast laws, all of those different laws, sacrificial system, they were never meant to be permanent. And part of their function was to be so difficult that they pointed the people forward to the Messiah that was going to fulfill all of them so they wouldn't have to fulfill them anymore. That was the point that one is coming who's going to fulfill all of this for you. And you just have to trust in him. You'll be saved by faith. Y'all, did you catch what he said, though, about this idea? It's, it's bad enough in itself to try to place this system that was never supposed to be permanent, that was fulfilled by Jesus. It's bad enough to try to place it on somebody else. But what Peter said is, why do you try to test God by doing this? What's revealed here is that those who add to God's word, that add requirements to salvation, it's not just about what they do to, to their brothers and sisters in Christ. According to Peter, that's testing God himself. And by testing God, it's, it's, it's why are you trying to make God angry? Why, why, why are you taking this beautiful gift of the gospel and turning it into something where you got to pay to play? You got to work your way into God's favor or you're never going to receive it. Guys, when you add to God's word, doesn't matter what it is. If you say that you have to have faith in Jesus and you got to be baptized in order to be saved. I'm not saying you shouldn't be baptized. You should be baptized. If you're a believer, you need to be baptized. If you haven't been and you're not a member of a church, come see me. You can join here. I'll baptize you. All right. I'm not saying that baptism isn't a bad thing. It's a very, very good thing. It's a mark of obedience and you should do it, but it doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. Okay. If you say um, in order to be saved, you have to have faith in Jesus and then you got to Follow this list of rules over here that, that I think is important. And the reason I'm saying that I think is important is because, y'all, when we come up with a list of rules to follow, it's always arbitrary. You know, God's law, the moral law, is not based on some random list that he chose. It's based on who he is. That's why God said, be holy because I'm holy, right? When we put together lists, they always reflect who we are. Right, we, we may spend a lot of time focusing on this one subject over here, but then never ever get to the other. You know, we can talk all day long about how wrong it is to steal and then at the same time covet. You know, our lists are always arbitrary. And I'm not saying it isn't important to follow the Ten Commandments. It is very important. In fact, after you are saved following God's law, that's how you die to yourself and live to Christ. That's how God works on you. It's how God changes you. It's a wonderful thing to do. But it doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. You're saved by grace through faith in Jesus alone. And when anybody adds to that, and, I, and I'm just giving you two examples, you could go to countless more, right? Everybody, or you can deal with everything from your personal politics to you name it. People have placed 
all sorts of requirements on being a Christian. You can't, can't smoke, can't chew, can't go with girls that do. You know, all that kind of stuff. Doesn't matter what it is. You put God to the test when you add to his word. And you know better than the person that says, ah, it doesn't really matter that God's word says this. That's old fashioned. It's no different. It's the same. Don't do it. And furthermore, I've just got to say this, y'all. I've got to say this. Don't get wrapped up. And I don't know. I know most of the people that watch this would never be an issue. But do not get wrapped up in this Jewish Christian garbage that's going on out there where people are talking about how you have to follow the dietary laws. Oh, I can't eat pork because of fill in the blank or, you know, I, you know, it's really wrong for us to worship God on Sunday, even though it's the Lord's day. Instead, we have to worship on Saturday because that's the true Sabbath. Don't fall for it, y'all. It's garbage. And it's the same principle as people that, that believe that Jesus is not enough. And so they need something else to reach some higher level of spirituality or other some such garbage. Do not buy it. The people that peddle that garbage are testing the Lord, according to what we've just read. They are no different than the some men who came down from Judea to Antioch that were teaching brothers, unless you're circumcised, according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. There's no difference. Don't do it. Instead, listen to what Peter has, say, has said here. It is through grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved just as they are. Now, that's how verse 11 ends. What would happen next? Verse 12, the whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. So you get the idea? Peter starts with what the Lord had done in his life and his proclamation. Then Paul and Barnabas are starting to tell the story of what they have seen. Verse 13, when they finished, James spoke up. Now, time out, which James? This is James, the son of Zebedee, okay, who was considered one of the spokesmen of the church in Jerusalem. He wasn't the bishop. He wasn't the one in charge of everything. But nevertheless, he was, he was really one of the heads of the church of Jerusalem, okay? James spoke up and said, brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophet are in agreement with this as it is written. Now, right here, we're going to stop for today, right? But the idea that you get, again, this is the Presbytery meeting. There's all sorts of discussion. And then you hear from Peter. Then you hear from Paul and Barnabas. Now you're hearing from James, who is doing what? He's bringing in the word of God. Just so happens that he's bringing in the word of God from the book of Amos, right? From Amos the prophet, chapters nine, or chapter nine. We're going to get into this tomorrow because there's some tricky stuff here that we need to dig into. But for right now, what's the application? I'm going to tell you what it is. This is your daily devotional application for Monday, October 23rd, 2023, or whenever it is you happen to find this. Jesus is enough. Do you hear me? Jesus is enough. There is no more that you need. There is no more requirement placed on you than to believe on the name of Jesus and be saved. If you have not done that, 
I'll tell you how you know. If you are not trusting in Jesus alone for your salvation, you never really did that. But if you are, avoid the temptation. Do not add to God's word. Do not take away from God's word. Do not fall for it when people try to get you to go down some path that is just a bunch of requirements that they promise will take you to another spiritual plane or some other garbage. Y'all, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Trust in him, that's it, period, the end. If you've never done that, don't wait. You and I need to talk if you have never done that. Write me, call me, we will, because it's the most important thing ever. But if you have, rest in Jesus. Rest in him. Don't buy what the world is selling you. All they want to do is, Jesus said, if the son of man sets you free, you are free indeed. What the devil wants to do is enslave you with a bunch of legalism and a bunch of other things to add to the word. The word is enough. God's word. Jesus is enough. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us, and I pray your blessing on everyone that's a part of it, no matter when they are. Thank you, Father, that Jesus is enough, that he came and fulfilled the law and lived the perfect life and died as our substitute on the cross so that we may be saved as a result of him. Give us grateful hearts. If any do not know you that are watching this, oh, work in their heart. May they not have a moment's peace until they turn to the Prince of Peace. Oh, Father, (laughs) I pray it over them. I proclaim it over them. Let them have no peace until they turn to Christ. For in him alone, we find peace and comfort and fullness. Help us to remember to trust. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Until then, I hope that you all have a wonderful Monday. Take care.